Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Coffee with Casey. We go over market conditions, market strategies, make people a lot of money. Uh, today, um, we have a busy schedule. I've invited Billy to come in here. He did something that uh, was really um, in, impressive uh, and made some sellers a lot of money this in the last couple of weeks. So I wanted to talk about it and show you some pictures of that. So we'll go over market conditions and the inventory. And, uh, and then we're going to get right to some of the key things in fixing up a house and figuring out if buyers are still paying this premium of hundred dollars to $200,000 and in some cases $300,000. So let's, let's take a look. Let me go ahead and share my screen. Now, why is it that I'm so paranoid about inventory and um, why I'm so concerned and why I come on here every Thursday and talk about inventory and do so much work researching this because, you know, again, I know it's, they use it a lot, but they say, you know, it's not my first rodeo. Um, we got really hit upside the head in 2015 and went from house, uh, went from a market that was great in early 15. And this is what it looked like in late 15. Now you'll see on the left-hand side, those are active houses in Vienna. And then you see the list price, original list price, the high school. But I did this way back in 2015. And look at, see, I'm still, if you look on the far left, it still says all these are active. All these are active. And we had two under contract. So if we go back, there was 65 homes that came on the market. Two were under contract. Now, currently, we're at about an eight to two, eight to one ratio where there's eight homes under contract, there's only one or two available. So. Case, can you make it full screen? We're only looking at part of the screen. How about that? Yeah, that's better, yep. So as we can see, bada boom, bada boom. So if you wanna know why I'm concerned about inventories, because that can happen so fast your head will spin. Before you know it, you know, you're, you're behind the eight ball. So let's take a quick look around and let's look at the market currently. So you, you really can't look at newspapers and you can't look at even the MLS. You have to do this work yourself. So what I do is I said right now is, is the 14th of April. Well, how many homes came on the market compared to the five-year average in the first 14 days of April? So in Vienna, we're up 10%. Now for the year, we're down and we'll look at that next. So Fairfax County as a whole was down 2%. So they're not really rebounding against the five-year average. Arlington down 4%. And then over here, we see Prince William, sorry, my, my thing is, is up 9%, 7% for Loudon and a total of about 2%. So none of these are indicating that we have a massive amount of properties that are coming on the market right away. There's no, there's no massive influx of inventory. So it's important to know where we are today because Billy and I have to make decisions and my agents have to make decisions every day of what we're going to put a house on. I mean, we actually are a lot, we launched, I guess, six or seven houses last week. So this information is incredibly important. So where are we compared to year to date? So Vienna we are still year to date from January 1 to April the 14th, down 25% from the five-year average. 
17% Fairfax County, 11% in Arlington, 15% Prince William, 16, 17% is our average down. So are we still down? Oh yeah, big time. Are we recovering slightly? This is not a massive influx of inventory, slightly, right? So I think that, you know, people have mentioned now a housing bubble and they're saying there's a housing bubble, um, you know, could, uh, you know, rates flatten out. You know, the bottom line is, is not 2005 or 2007. Um, you know, that was just crazy. They were letting anybody that could, you know, uh, fog up a mirror buy a house. And so there was massive influx of people buying. Today, the buyers are, you know, have cash. Um, you know, you've got a lot of tech buyers moving into town, a lot of doctors moving into town. So, so there are not just buyers, there are very big, strong, well-qualified buyers coming into town. All the tech industries are, are changing over. So as far as our markets in Northern Virginia and around, you know, Vienna within 10, 15 miles, that is all you know, strong as an ox and not going anywhere. Now, you know, people are paying a premium. People are paying a premium. And this week, Billy, I would say the last probably five houses that we've sold have a premium. Well, you got one of $300,000 on a house over uh, in Vienna, but they're averaging probably 150, $160,000 per house. So why is that premium still here? Well, that premium is here because there's no inventory and people have to get a house and they really don't care. They're willing to pay an extra 150,000. They don't want to, but they have to. People are desperate to buy houses. So when there is more inventory, then they'll stop paying that. So for now, the sellers are getting a premium. They are making out like bandits. That's why the, you know, the strategy is get your house on the market now if you're thinking about selling before the inventory shows up. So there's another thing we always look at, you know, how many homes, what percentage of the homes are under contract? So in Arlington, 75% of the homes are under contract. Now remember, if anything over 60% is over contract, you're in a seller's market. So look how strong some of these markets are. Now the other day, you know, we looked at this and, um, you know, we were, all in the 80s, 70s and 80s. But the bottom line is that currently our average is about 73% and the March average is about 72%. I can't see exactly, but yeah, 73 and 72%. So we haven't moved. I mean, we still have that first two weeks of, of April. We are still in a, a huge seller's market. The inventory hasn't shown up, although it's improving a little bit. But remember, there's two spring markets. The one spring market is early, January, February, March. Then there's a break in early April for Easter and, you know, everybody goes on vacation, spring break. Then the second part comes from April 15th right on up until June 15th. So here we go. We're starting our second, our second spring market and things are starting to fly. Now, how else, why else do we know that house we read this, right? So what we look at when we put a house on the market is what the buyer pool is. So this is the summer buyer pool of last year. See how this house, they only have 130 people interested and 87. 
and the favorites tell us how many people really want to put in a contract on this house, right? That's what it looked like about a month ago, a month and a half ago, right? Look at the 66 favorites, 40, 23. Look at how strong the buyer pools are. Here's today's. So we still have some good, strong buyer pools. Sorry about that. Still have good, strong buyer pools, right? Big, this is not as strong as it was, but it still looks good and we're still getting big contracts in. So when we get ready to put a house on the market, we're checking these numbers to make sure. And of course you can see two are active, one just came on, or two just came on, but all the rest of these are all in the contract. The average, um, the average amount of money that we're making over our customary value probably about 150,000 bucks, all right? Okay, so let me see if that's it. Oh, well, this is why that's important, guys, because by the number of favorites we have, which is in blue, that tells us how many contracts we're gonna have that's in green, okay? All right, so that's the market for now. And what I'd like to talk about now, we're gonna move on, the reason why Billy is here is because, you know, the whole key to this, the reason why I feel that the other agents that are have been doing this for a long time, like I have, why they there are days on market is ten times higher than ours, why their prices are lower than ours, their percentage of assessment is lower than ours. Why is that? Well, I've got six people on my staff, like Billy and Morgan and Kelly and Colby, Pat and Pam, and with the, and what Billy and and Morgan and and Colby, they, they bring this. Um, this taste, this, this, uh, they need to see a transitional house. They are our buyer pool. So they're preparing these houses for today's buyers, right? And that is so critical. And I really credit not just the pricing with how we price our strategy, but also how they prepare the homes. And we're going to talk about that right now. Um, and let's, let's get into that. But I, I want to start with a quick story, real quick story. I didn't do last week coffee with Casey because I was in Myrtle Beach playing golf. We had a golf tournament where we try and kill them and they try and kill us. And I was, uh, my short game was horrible. It was absolutely horrible. And um, so immediately I got back to, to uh, Billy. It was so bad that I was, I was pin high in two and I got a seven. That, that's how bad it was. So I came back to the pro at International. Billy had some lessons. They said he was great. So I went back and I said, can you look at this? And immediately figured out what I was doing wrong and why the, you know, I was closing my club, blah, 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 blah. And so I started hitting it perfect again. And the reason for that is that Tom is not doing golf as a hobby. That's his job. He's professional. It's not a hobby for him. That's what he does. So he immediately fixed what I was trying to come up with every reason in the world of what I should do and how I should do it. And it just kept getting worse and worse and worse. So, you know, when we say that real estate is not a hobby, real estate is a business. There is $150,000, $200,000 at stake. This is no place for a hobby. Now I'm going to give you a percentage. In my estimate, 95% of the realtors today, it is a hobby. It is not a profession. Is a hobby. If you do less than $8 million a year in production, it's a hobby. You don't have enough experience. You don't have enough buyer reactions. You don't have enough 
you know, to get it, the house prepared, the contracts the way you need to do them, the marketing strategies you need to have. If, if an agent is doing less, and that's 95% of the agents out there. So when Billy and I or some of our agents are talking with the seller about something, we're giving them advice. It's like, hey, man, this, this is not a hobby for us. This is our job. This is our livelihood. This is what we do for a living. And we really focus on it. So all I could think about, Billy, in the, when we're out playing golf, is how cool it was what you did to that one bathroom in Rose Creek. So let's, let's go to some of these pictures, right? Here's a bathroom we run into. It's not typical that we, you know, in a 2000 or a 1995 house, we run into bathrooms like this. Gold, dark wood, you know, the kind of the crummy marble countertops. And this is what it looked like, right? This is a $2 million house. That's what it looks like. So I think what Billy did was, and we had a big shower, which is all gold. Nothing we can do about it, not brass, nothing we can do about it. So we're trying to update this bathroom and we made the determination that we really have to do something, right? So this is what Billy did. And Billy, if you can just describe how you turn that into that. Yep. So essentially what we did was is, um... First of all, the home is is awesome. Uh, it's in Rose Creek. We had a hundred people through the open house, uh, about forty showings this weekend. So I mean, it's an awesome home. The whole home, it's it's a Renaissance build, um, two thousand five. So essentially, um, what we did here was we needed to update the the the, the bathroom. So what we did was is is we took out the counter. Um, as you can see, this is a quartz countertop here. Um, we used quartz. We painted the uh, cabinets. Um, the wall color is Edgecombe gray. So um, we painted the wall Edgecombe gray and uh, Lancaster whitewash is its lighter brother. So we use Lancaster whitewash. And why we use that was because the tile is a little bit brown. So we didn't want to go stark white. Um, so we use the, the cabinets you use that Billy? Cabinets. Yep. Yep. The cabinets. Yep. So instead of painting them stark white, it would make the tile look really dirty. So we used a Lancaster whitewash, which has browns and grays and whites, which went very well with the quartz countertop that we put in. Uh, the quartz countertop was about 2000. Um, painting the cabinets was about 600. And then as Casey pointed out, we had a brass, uh, you know, the shiny gold um, shower and that was about eight thousand dollars to replace so instead of replacing the gold shower here you can see it has the brass gold shower instead of replacing that for eight thousand um we painted the cabinets were about six seven hundred and the countertops again were about two thousand we put new mirrors in as you can see here um that is the brushed gold so that's that's the new modern gold um it's not the shiny brass but it whenever you walk into the master bathroom, your eye immediately goes to the new brushed gold as opposed to the shiny brass gold, right? So we, we put the faucets in, um, which are brushed gold. Uh, it was about $200 for both sides. You can see the new um, updated light fixture. Um, those were about, you know, $100 a piece. The, the mirrors, these are big boy mirrors. They're 65 inches or 66 inches by 44 inches. So those were a little bit more expensive. I think they were about 350 or 400 each on Wayfair. Um, but, but we really just, we revamped the bathroom as opposed to ripping it all out. Um, you know, this is a $25,000, $30,000 renovation. If you want to, oh, yeah, when you've got a, when you've got a, exactly. a $2 million home, 
you're talking about a minimum of forty, fifty thousand dollars in that bathroom. Yeah. So instead of instead of sinking forty thousand dollars into a bathroom, which would be a you know a big capital investment, which me and Casey really never do. Um, this we so we did a cosmetic um, improvement to a capital um, you know bathroom, right? So instead of ripping it all out, we put forty, five hundred, five thousand dollars into the bathroom. Um, and it really just, I mean, whenever you walk in, it just, it looks like 2022. It looks like a $2 million bathroom. Um, and yeah, I mean, the knobs here, so these knobs are in a shot and that's a pretty bad picture of them, but they're the same brushed gold as the mirror light fixture and faucet. Um, and you can see like, I mean, it, it plays really well with the older brass. Um, that's, you know, the 2005 brass, uh, the, the shiny gold. Um, we couldn't, you know, we didn't want to rip out that glass, that glass to rip out is $8,000. So they didn't want to spend the $8,000. So instead of ripping that out, ripping out the plumbing in the um, tub, um, we just, we, we put in new mirrors, light fixtures, plumbing fixtures, hardware, and, um, you know, two, two uh, countertops that, you know, we spent $4,500 and it really just, you know, it, it went from a, kind of a, uh, you know, what are we going to do well, in the bathroom to, you know, this looks awesome whenever you walk you know, in. It, was, it went from a bathroom where you were going to have to do something. You had to, you had to put in 40 or $50,000. So if a buyer walked into the bathroom that looks like that, they're going to, they're automatically going to say, this is going to cost me 40 to $50,000. And guess what? I don't want to do it. Nobody wants to do this, Right. Nobody, nobody wants to walk into that in the morning, right? Because that is, that's just a dated look. So now it looks like that. And now it's something totally acceptable. And I will be honest with you that, that I believe that the seller had, when we were first talking, I'm also gonna show you what not to do here in a second. But the seller, when we were talking, was talking about a number that he was going to get off market. A realtor had a friend who was going to try and buy the house off market, right? Yeah. So we made uh, this. Billy was. Oh, that's that means. Yeah. Anytime anybody tells you to sell your house off market, they're losing you money because yeah. every time I hear someone say that they're going to get an off market deal, it's it's a it's it's just awful for the seller. It's great for the buyer because they don't have to compete with ten thousand people. Uh, you know, our outreach, Casey, I think is 10 to 15,000 people on social media. We get, yeah. again, this house is a $2 million home in, in Oakton. We had 150 people through Oak Valley had probably 200 people through. So anytime you hear someone say, oh, we're going to sell off market or, you know, we have this great buyer off market, you're losing money. I mean, essentially you're losing money. So this, this buyer, uh, they put in about 35,000, I think with all of the painting and and whatnot that we did, we did but some- the bathroom uh, picks up was four of it, right? Yes, correct. The The bathroom was about 4,500. They painted the whole home, which is an 8,000 square foot home. I think, you know, our total investment, again, I don't want to give a, you know, an exact right. number, but it was probably between 25 and 30,000. And, and we made them probably 250,000 over what their off-market deal would have been. Well, so. their off-market deal, um, was $315,000 less right. than what they finally got on the home. Right. So the 315,000 was the number he was thinking about taking without doing any of the work. Well, I don't want to do the work. I'm thinking about taking this number. 
we convinced him to, you know, put the house in good condition, introduce it to 10, 15,000 people, have 100 people walk through the house, get eight contracts in, and he walked with $315,000. Now, for some people, that's not a big deal. We all only have so much time, energy, and money. And for some people, energy is the most important thing they have or don't have. So um, time, energy, and money is what we're dealing with here. So, you know, to invest in this case, $30,000 to make $315,000, um, that's just the way you have to go. And again, now, and, 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 and case, uh, most of our homes don't require 30,000. I mean, this is a really big home. We did some hardscaping outside, which is a everybody, $2 million house. Yeah. Yeah, it's a $2 million house. And we did some hardscaping outside, which is very expensive. Um, and this bathroom, I mean, you know, is, that's, that's $5,000, but um, I mean, most of our homes require about 10 to 15,000, but anytime. And again, on our, on our, on the other listing that I had, they were getting offers 200,000 less off market. Oh, we have these great off market, uh, <laughs> offers 200,000 less than what we got this weekend. So anytime you're selling your home off market, off market, we got this great off market deal, which I hear all these realtors all the time, these big, uh, listing, um, teams, they say that they have, uh, we have buyers in the waiting. Yeah, we do too. I do too. I mean, me and Casey, we, our team does too, but um, I represent the seller. Casey represents the seller. We're a listing team. Um, anytime you hear that there's an off-market deal where you only have one buyer or two buyers, well, it's awful for you. So yeah, again, go ahead, Casey. We had, a house, we had a house where somebody wanted X amount of dollars. And if somebody came in and offered them $100,000 more than that, they would have taken it but the house sold for $300,000 right. more than that. Right. So on that off-market um, uh, deal, they would have lost $200,000. So I'm not saying this is going to last. I'm just saying there's a premium. There's a premium out there that people are paying for houses now because there are none. They need a house. There are none. Right. They do, you know, they're not patient want to wait for all the inventory to come they're out there buying right now and again i'm going to take it back yeah i'm going to take Enough. it back i mean look at the buyer pools that are in here i mean mm -hmm. there's 867 people that were looking at that house right there 35 of them have as a favorite so i could tell you how many contracts are coming in how big and strong the buyer pools are and again i keep taking everybody back to the fact that we don't want to go back to, we don't want to go back to that. Yeah, right. If 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 you have an off market buyer in this uh, in this environment, great, take it. If there's fifty two homes on the market and there's an off market, I have a buyer. It's an off market transaction. Yeah, take it. If there's fifty two homes on the market, but if there's one for every fifty two buyers. That's an, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't take it. I mean, I, you know, people can do whatever they want. Um, we make people a ton of money um, by exposing it to the entire marketplace um, and using our, you know, our marketing techniques um, and our analytics and whatnot. But um, anyways, I'll- Let, me, let me take you to another thing, Billy, now. So when we come in, again, we're gonna give people advice on what they need to do and um you know the advice is is uh is is because we've seen a lot of things right so i'm trying to i'm going to try and find this picture for you um that you can see there it is 
I'm gonna go back. I'm gonna go back live here. If I can figure out how to do it. All right, let me go back to this. Now let me show you about cutting corners. Let's talk about cutting corners for a second. Oh no. Yes. That's the first picture you're gonna see. Now, what's what's wrong with that picture, guys, is if a seller doesn't want to paint something, it says, no, we're gonna leave it there. Look at that first picture. It immediately is off balance. So again, I'm a I'm a you know, I'm a symmetry person, and buyers are symmetry people. You know, it has to hit their eye correctly. You can't have blue on one and 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 a grayish on the other. I mean, if the right is going to be grayish, the left is going to be grayish. So, you know, it was the determination. Maybe the seller didn't want to paint that room and they just painted it and it's a good paint, but that picture, you know, I wouldn't allow, right? So I called the painter and I said, get back in there and hit that room over there and paint it the same color as the one on the right. So that when people walk in, everything is pleasing to the eye, right? It just looks, right? The symmetry is all right. I've got maybe an edge comb in the hallways, maybe a revere pewter on the right, revere pewter on the left, where they balance each other out. You can't have one without the other, right? So if we're gonna go, you have to go all the way. Now, Morgan, the other day, and again, guys, you know, incredibly professional as, as how you guys do this. We went in and it looked fine to me, the 64 year old, where we had yellow and we had some kind of uh, tans and, um, and I was fine with that, right? Morgan was not fine with that. And, and it was just a yellowy house. It just felt like yellow. And so she, she had the, the grays in the, in the hallway and, and the foyer and all of that. And it tied everything in and took it from a yellow house to a tannish grazy house. And it looked perfect and it showed well, and it was awesome. So again, the 64 year old listing agent will walk in and go, that looks fine to me. A 64 year old seller says, that looks fine to me. But guess what? I'm not the buyer of that house. Billy's buyer of the house. Morgan's buyer of the house. Colby, Kelly, they're the buyers of that house. So the difference, you know, yes, you know, the pricing models are great. The pricing strategy is awesome. The way we do contracts, fantastic. You know, all of that's important. But I will tell you that a majority of the credit is for the preparation of the homes so that when the 30-somethings walk in, everything hits their eye. So we had one house, I'll just give you one example. We had one house where we walked in and it was, it was a very, very nice house. Um, and it's coming on the market soon. And, but it did have faux finishes a lot, but it was very tastefully done, right? It's all tastefully done. So we couldn't really introduce any of the grayish paint. Because Billy, as you and I know, if we go someplace, it doesn't, you got to tie it into everything, right? So right. there was no grazy paint you could, there was nothing you could paint without painting at all, right? Because it just had a motif working in that house, which was, looked great, right? So we went with, the hardware and the lighting fixtures for the complements to what they had. So if you have the paint that may be from a different era, but 
the lighting fixtures were all modern, the carpets are modern, and the and the hardware was modern. We used oil rub bronze, which tied it all together into that newer look. You know what I mean? Billy, you're involved with this one. You're you know you're you're the one doing it, right? Yeah. Yeah. So there was nothing we could actually see where we could say how you can if you're going to do it, you got to go all the way. And I just couldn't see going all the way on that house, you know. So I'm anxious to see the before and act before and after where you can take that home and take away the older lighting fixtures and bring in new older carpets, bring in new older brass hardware and bring in new. So do you have any estimate of what the investment in that house is going to be built in, in the hardware and, and lighting fixtures and carpets and stuff like that? Uh, I think we gave it to her. It was about, like 4,500, 5,000, yeah. but she's, she's going to do a couple different things um, in the bathroom. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's for hardware, it's about $35 a door. So that size home, there's about 50 doors or 45 doors big in the house. home. Yeah. It's big a pretty house. big house. So yeah. Um, yeah. So $35 a door times 45 doors. And then the light fixtures are about five, five, three, three, probably around 2000. So yeah, I mean, um, and then she's going to paint a couple of rooms, but like you said, once, once you touch one thing, it makes everything else look, look old. So it's hard to, it's hard to paint one room without painting the whole home, because then we've learned case in the past, if you touch everything, but you don't touch something, then that something looks old and dated. So, right. um, but yeah, it'll probably be uh, around five or $6,000. Yep. Well, and there's two things, uh, you know, we run into this all the time. We had sellers that didn't want to live in grayish. They right. painted it white. And, you know, I, I'm today you can get away with making mistakes like things like that, which you really can't. There's two reasons to paint. One is to bring in current colors. The other is because you it's, it's beat up and it's just time for fresh paint. But the, the biggest part of that is introducing current colors. White's not the current color for those walls. It's the house is whitewashed. So, you know, I, I gotta, I, you know, we're getting to the point now where you can make mistakes and you just don't make the $150,000 premium. That's fine. But I'm telling you, it's within two months, it could be that's the difference between selling your house and not selling your house. There's $100,000 at stake. And should you not take the advice of professionals? Should I look at Tom and say, you know what, Tom, you don't know what the hell you're talking about. I'll fix it. I'm still sculling balls over top of the green. But he made two adjustments. Billy, you saw it. He did it for you. Yeah, made yep. two adjustments. And before you know it, holy sh you know, took him five seconds to see what I was doing wrong. You know? So it's the same way when we're work working on these houses. You know, it's not a hobby for the team. We do 100, 120, 120 houses. You know, this year is going to be $150 million and we do it every day, you know, and we know what the sellers are looking for. We interview them every day. Every weekend, you guys are in open houses. Billy, you were supposed to be away last weekend for a golf trip too. Mm -hmm. And you decided, you know, you had a couple of big houses being one of them and, and, you know, you did the open house, you met the 60 people and we got a huge premium for the house. Mm -hmm. So you know, there's time to, time to hit them and the time not to, but that's, that's the kind of professionalism, Billy. That was a, that
That was a nice move on your part this weekend, by the way. That was um, that was a big deal. So <clears throat> as far as the market is concerned, everybody, we are still behind 15 to 25% of our inventory. We are still getting our premiums. We're still getting between 100 and 300, 400, $300,000 $300, over what I would consider to be a customary value for the house. Um, there is no massive inventory. Uh, as far as fixing up the house is concerned, I think Billy showed us a new way of how to really take an older bathroom and instead of spending 40,000, spend a fraction of that to update it and tie the whole thing together. And, and we're looking at what to do. We need to have balance, right? We need to paint both of them the same way. Mm -hmm. So, so anyways, we go from giving opinions to strong opinions to we're not going to take the listing. So, you know, because there's a lot of money at stake. All right. And sometimes we treat your money like our money that we want the top, top, top dollar for what we do. Yeah. Right? And, and case just one thing before we sign off, I would just caution everybody um, that what we've seen the last three months might not be here for three months moving forward. I mean, things can turn very quickly as we saw interest rates rising close to 5%, inventory starting to come back a bit. Um, you know, on the two homes that I had this week, we had great offers, but I think our team is starting to see a little bit of a reduction in the numbers of offers. Um, you know, people are still very strong in their offers, but um, the number of offers, we're not seeing 30 or 40 offers now, we're seeing 10 offers. So it's, I'm not saying it's coming to a standstill. It's just, um, and the market's still very strong, like you're saying, Case. I mean, inventory's still off, but um, if 20 homes hit the market this weekend or next weekend after everybody comes back from spring break, things might, um, you know, just slow down a bit. So it's just something, you know, for us, me and you to watch uh, moving yeah. forward. But um, yeah, yeah the, the market's still strong. As you said, the, the spring market before spring break and the spring market after spring break, uh, there's two different markets. Yeah, there are two yeah. different markets, right? So it's something to, to keep an eye on. Um, but yeah, I mean, moving forward, um, you know, we're still going to be strong. And, and um, yeah, I mean, I think that this weekend we're going to have a couple great uh, listings before Easter. All right, buddy. All, All right. right. Keep an eye on what's coming on the market. There's good stuff coming. Um, my name is Casey Sampson. You've been listening to Billy Sampson, who joined me on here today. You can reach me at 703-508-2535. If you're wondering what your house is worth, just text me your address to 703-508-2535. Or you can catch me at Casey at CaseySampson.com. I'll see you next Thursday morning. Billy, give me your contact information in case people want to contact you. Uh, if you need me, uh, you can text Casey at 703-508-2535. See how well. <laughs> I'll see you, brother. Yep. All right, guys. We'll see you next Thursday. Bye now.